I would just say that my biggest tool in the whole thing is vocalizing what I saw as a potential for me. I shared it with people and um, and just vocalizing what I wanted to do and talking to different people, getting a bunch of different insight about the whole thing, many different perspectives, kind of shaped me in how I wanted to approach this. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us this week on Paths to Purpose. Um, This week, we're switching things up. Last week, we chatted with Brendan Wallace, who is one of the co-founders and managing partners at Fifth Wall. This week, we're talking with another guest, but this time, our guest is still in college, and we're really excited about that. As a reminder, kind of the entire purpose of this podcast is to show people at different stages in their journeys and in their careers, and to really kind of showcase the process that they went through to kind of find their purpose, whether that's that they're already in their career and they're years into it and they're doing well, or someone like today who is still in process and who's still figuring that out. So we're really excited to share that with you guys today. But Alan, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to add before we hop into the interview? Yeah, I actually had a couple. Um, One of the things that I that I have, that I reflect on over the years is that we often get these serendipitous meetings with people. And a lot of our success is how we extract the value from that. And I think it's pretty serendipitous how we found our speaker for today's podcast. Her, her business fraternity actually highlighted her in the Instagram feed. And what caught my attention was that she wrote that her career path wasn't a typical one, but that her fraternity brothers had been so supportive And then she also writes on LinkedIn that she's studying a combination of majors that are not frequently heard together. However, these are the two majors that I chose. And from my perspective, it's been really rare to see undergraduate business students look kind of outside of their career path and kind of go off tradition and and also to publicly broadcast this, that that they're different than their peers. So I thought it would be really interesting to hear her, her backstory to this. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, juxtaposition to to our last week's episode to just kind of show people that are at two very different stages in their career and that there's meaning and growth in both. And so without further ado, we will get started with our latest interview. This week, we are joined by Maslin Slade. Maslin is currently an undergraduate student at Miami University in Ohio, majoring in both biology and finance, who is planning to study to become a veterinarian. She has several years of experience working in support roles at veterinary hospitals and in pet care business. Maslin, welcome to Paths to Purpose, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. We're really excited to chat with Maslin because you're kind of still in process. You're still an undergraduate. Um, so can we start maybe there and talk about what your thought process was in choosing both biology and finance for your majors. Yeah, for sure. So I've always had a love for animals. That was kind of my standpoint for it. I always knew that I wanted to do something with animals, but the stigma around veterinary school is that it's very hard to get into. Um, Many people don't do it. It's usually like more of a childhood dream, I guess, to become a vet. So part of me was more, I love the business aspect of things as well. So there's plenty of fields out there related to um, animals and business in there. So I was like, we can go ahead with a finance background. But as I was there, I just the business wasn't quite enough. I really enjoyed like how in high school and stuff, we had like all those different subject matters. I couldn't really do just a uh, traditional business degree with learning just that stuff. I felt a little um, lost in like my studies and like this wasn't like super fulfilling to me. Um, So I decided, you know, 
let's add a bio degree. Let's see where it goes. There's no point in not trying to get in. There's plenty of backups. I have a finance. I'm going to continue with the finance degree. So there's always that backup plan if that school doesn't work out or anything. But um, I knew I had to do bio. I was like, uh, the end goal could be open up a uh, practice one day with the finance degree and all that sort of stuff, which would be super beneficial. But I went ahead with that and then kind of figured out a little bit more uh, with my experience working in the vet um, field as a receptionist for a while there. I kind of figured out more that I even want to go further with the finance degree in the field and try and figure out how to solve the problem of Uh, affordable veterinary care. I've seen that that's a huge issue. And I feel like that has kind of um, been where I found like why I have this finance degree. I knew I was drawn to it in some way, but this finally kind of this past summer, it was more clear of what that I kind of wanted to do there. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, So kind of how did you work through that? How did you decide, you know, I think you kind of talked a little bit about acknowledging that you had that I don't know if it would be fear or anxiety or what emotion you would put behind it yeah. of having stability when you got out of college and kind of doubling up as a way of creating some security. But it also sounds like you found your purpose through that. So it definitely started as a security thing of like not just changing my major to bio, but adding biology as it because I was like, okay, well, again, everyone scares you that veterinary school is one of the hardest ones to get into. And so it's childhood dream that most people have not really something that's practical out there so I was like safety net we can go into the finance world it's (laughs) I'm like about it but like I would do it (laughs) it would uh support me in the long run so I was like yeah let's continue with it I like I like the classes enough I enjoy them it's not something that I would say that I'm passionate about. I wouldn't put that behind it, but I would say that I like it. So I was like, I'm going to go with it. We'll continue on. But there's obviously moments of like, why am I breaking myself, taking 21 credit hours, doing all this sort of stuff for years when it's not something that I like super love, but I always felt like it was something that I needed to do. But yeah, this past summer, I would just get a lot of calls from like the uh, people calling in about how they really want to take care of their animals and they want to bring them in, but it's just not something that they could afford at the moment. And it wasn't my practice. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just a like pretty entry level um, position there. So don't have too much pool. So I had to turn them away, but it was just something that I felt like deep inside of me that like this wasn't okay. And this wasn't something that should that needs fixed because there's so many people out there and there's no way that I could tell them to turn to either. It's not like there was an option or an alternative of like uh, a cheaper vet clinic out there. So I kind of saw that as a way of bringing in this finance degree of that kind of made sense of like, I have that background. I have more knowledge into how you can run a practice in a different way and like kind of manage your funds differently because a lot of them um, it's just a bio degree that they get they might have a supplemental some veterinary schools offer a little like business minor sort of thing um, in it but it's nothing like too in depth so it kind of made sense to me and it turned more into a passion when I figured out why I had the finance degree and why I was continuing to learn this sort of stuff And then kind of the anxiety and fear 
that was associated with why I originally continued on with the finance degree kind of subsided. And I was like, yeah, I actually really am glad that I stuck with this. Um, I didn't know for a while and it's hard to get past like how we talked about like everyone sometimes like doubting that this is not a normal path for you. And so you should just choose one. Don't, you don't have to put, you don't have to do both, but I was like, I'm going to do both. I think that it's going to benefit me in some way. And then figuring that out kind of, um, and pushing through has been really cool to see this past year. So Maslin, thank you for sharing this. I actually love the clarity that you're bringing here. So, so how did you find the clarity? I mean, were you getting advice from people? Because it sounds like some of the advice you were getting was this is not normal. So I would say that my backbone has been my parents this whole time. They have always believed that this was something that I can achieve. My dad's super business minded. So that was kind of always him like, yeah, do finance. Like he would support that 100%. But then kind of my mom, like she kind of had her uh, like narrative kind of switched of like what she could do in her future. And so she kind of saw that a little bit. And so she's always been super supportive of like, no, like you don't have to follow that trend of what everyone thinks is the norm. So she was like, go for it, like, add it, do this. So they've been super supportive. And then also my business fraternity, I've had a mentor in that who has always been there. She's She's been super supportive of like what I've wanted to do. She's like, yeah, you can definitely achieve it. It's not something that's weird. Of course, she was taken aback at first of like this plan that I had and everything that I wanted to achieve with it. But she was like, that's so cool and not something that like you should shy away from. It's what's distinguishing and unique. And I felt like I found my place um, on campus in my business fraternity where I've been able to bring that unique perspective of um, not a traditional business career. And I've seen a lot of like different kids that have come through just kind of attached to that and see that there's like different alternatives. And I kind of like being able to share that path with people that come through that it's not something <laughs> that they can um, that they can do. It's not something to shy away from or anything like that. If you're passionate about it, go for it. Absolutely. I think that this is so amazing that you've done this and that you're uh, you still have so much, you're, you're not done with college yet. Like you're a junior, right? You still have yes. so much time left and you are probably making more of an impact than, you know, and other people's perceptions of what they can do in business. And so I think that that's really incredible. We talk a lot about imposter syndrome on this podcast. Um, and I'm wondering if you have ever felt that in kind of this pursuit of your purpose, have you ever felt like, oh my gosh, I'm doing too much or I'm overwhelmed or I actually don't know if I'm capable of doing this. And if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely have felt that a bunch throughout the whole process of it. Like, especially before I kind of figured out why I wanted to do the finance degree, it was um, always up for drop it. <laughs> it was always up for, I don't know if I want to continue on with this. Um, I kind of switched at some point to say that I was going all in on the veterinary school. I wasn't going to shy away from that, but it was just a matter of if I was keeping this finance degree anymore. But even since then, um, it is hard to be in college. You know, I have to skip out on some social events and all that sort of stuff. And it gets hard sometimes when your friends don't have like as hard of a load or anything like that. So, but at the end of the day, I know what my goal is there. Also college, you are trying to figure out so much about yourself um, and all that sort of stuff. So changing from 
a freshman to now I've grown as a person too. And so it's just kind of felt weird. And I've questioned it a lot of like, why do you know what you want to do? Like, why, like, is this actually what you want to do? Or is this just you saying that, you know, it's like hard to distinguish, especially when a lot of your friends like are not sure what they want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I've also then been scared, like, wait, why, why do you think you can do this? Why is it you that's going to be able to solve this problem or be able to change this stuff? But I've just kind of tried to ignore the feelings. I, I wish I could say that I've solved it (laughs) and that it doesn't come up from time to time in my doubt, but I've, I've come this far. I'm seeing the end. I'm applying to vet school now. I have a lighter senior year, so I'm kind of just ready to see where it takes me and excited for it. At the end of the day, I try and channel all that anxiety and doubt into excitement for the future and that I'm going to be able to achieve it. But it's hard sometimes. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So this is really interesting. There's so many questions I want to ask you. What happens when other, your peers are recruiting and you're not? So so for them, there's like this job certainty. I mean, I know they're anxious about the job opportunities, but in reality, they've got jobs there will always be jobs for them. And you're still hoping or waiting or, or you know, hoping to hear that you're going to get access to, to this vet school. So how do you deal with that emotion when they've got a path and you're kind of waiting yeah, for an for outcome? Sure. It's definitely, it's hard, especially now going into senior year, the conversations have been like, oh, like, where do you want to end up? Like, oh, you want to go to like Chicago for like two years and then move somewhere else. And it's like, I still have four years potentially like (laughs) maybe I'm going to be able to do that it's definitely hard because I haven't had those like business internships or anything that you get to have an immediate career after and you don't even have to worry mostly I it's still a lingering fear of mine of like what is going to happen if I don't get into vet school or anything like that but I'm also confident that I will be able to find even if I don't get into vet school the first year I would love to just work in a vet practice and build up more experience there I don't want to give up on the dream right away it's not something that I'm gonna if I don't get in this round it's not something that I'm gonna just instantly drop and say that I'll just go into the finance world I don't think that's my future and I have so much passion for this that I can't let it go like I can't I couldn't just say I can't deal with that situation I have too many emotions attached to it with it that I need to see it out for at least a couple tries into the vet school and if not trying to figure out how I can go from the business of like managing a practice and figuring that out from there too. One of the things that's really cool about um, kind of what, what your story has is you have all of these moments where you're kind of like, I don't know what, where I'm connecting the pieces, but you're still kind of going forward and you're still resilient, I think is the word that it's coming to mind to me when you're describing kind of your path so far. How did you do that? How did you build that up? And how did you kind of keep going when you did feel maybe a little lost or just like, oh, this is so much, how, how did you continue? I've tried to surround myself with people that know that they have 
a purpose in what they're going to be able to do. The majority of my friends have what they are passionate about and they want to be able to find something that they can match that passion to. I'm very grateful to have those, those people that I can go to. And when they, when I feel like giving up, they're there to say no. And I've shared enough of my passion that they know that this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Have you done any work reaching out for kind of career mentors at this intersection? And if so, how did you do that? Yeah, so I actually have an internship coming up this um, summer with an animal shelter in Pennsylvania called Animal Care Sanctuary, and they it's kind of going to be me shadowing a vet and learning the nonprofit side of their business, which I'm super excited about, and it's going to be like the first um, look I have into the nonprofit, so it's kind of the perfect internship of combining everything that I want to do. I get to rotate through the clinic and learning um, how to uh, take care of animals and all that sort of stuff. And then I also get to rotate through the business aspect and they get to teach me the nonprofit side of it. I don't necessarily have like a mentor in that professional side yet, but I am confident and excited to learn from all these people um, at the animal shelter this summer. So how did you set that up? Because I'm assuming that that was not something that was on a uh, career services uh, site at your school. Yeah, (laughs) no, it definitely was not. I've had to do a lot of research into kind of different because vet internships, that's not something that is like common, I guess. And so I'm also a part of the pre-veterinary club here. And I feel like that's something that's very much lacking. I'm actually running for the president of the organization because I want to bring those opportunities that I found. I found so many opportunities for internships that like I had no idea existed and was not given to me at all throughout this whole process, whether it be through like the pre-vet like advisors here or anything like that. I spent like the majority of my winter break just searching for different, like whether it be aquariums, zoos, animal shelters, wherever I could find some sort of like shadowing, apprenticeship, internship, anything like that. And there was honestly so many opportunities that people don't know about, even in like like the FDA or anything like that. There's many veterinary fields and paths that aren't necessarily advertised. So I really want to be able to share those with them. So I found this animal shelter and kind of this opportunity and reached out and went through an interview process and all that sort of stuff. And then was able to go ahead and and was, was given the position. So I'm super excited. (laughs) So I have to ask, we, we randomly found you via an Instagram feed. Yes. (laughs) And and then Danielle reached out to you to do this. What were your thoughts when that happened? (laughs) At first I was like, what? (laughs) I very much did not think that I qualified, first of all, for this. I was like, I don't, this, I don't, this isn't me. (laughs) Um, I was like, I don't know if this is real. (laughs) And then I listened to your uh, podcast and heard everyone talking. And I was like, I, these people seem like they actually have it figured out. Like there's still a part of me that I don't think that I have figured out at all, (laughs) but I kind of saw how my story kind of aligned with it and that it's not you can't just share the parts when you finally get to the end and like you achieve the whole thing but there's a part that like the struggle before there and where like the uncertainty and like changing paths when you're still in it 
I'm still going through it. I have not achieved everything that I want to. Uh, there's still many uncertain parts of the whole thing and my path might change of how I'm going to get there, but I know what I want to do and get there to do. So and then I was like, okay, I think I have something to say and something to share and I want people to hear it. Uh, on the contrary, you're kind of the, the perfect person for <laughs> what the goal was with this podcast, because you're right, you are still in process. And that's what's so exciting, because I just remember being younger and being so frustrated. And still today, I still think that we really put people on pedestals when they're finished with their journeys, in quotations. And it's so hard as a young person to kind of see how how those decisions were made and your story is remarkable you've kind of had this interesting um, match of these two seemingly unrelated things and you're going to be doing some really incredible work to try and affect change in that field thank you <laughs> Um, I think kind of one last question that I wanted to ask you before we wrap things up was is there any sources that you used like books articles um, you know, podcasts, people, things that you want to share with other students who might be kind of in your position and that helped you as kind of tools to getting to this point where you had greater understanding of what your purpose is. I would just say that my biggest tool in the whole thing is vocalizing what I saw as a potential for me. I shared it with people and, um, and just vocalizing what I wanted to do and talking to different people, getting a bunch of different insight about the whole thing, many different perspectives kind of shaped me in how I wanted to approach this. And that at the end of the day, it's not as out there and ambitious. Well, it's very ambitious, but it's not as out there and obscure as some people think. I talk about it a lot and it's just been sharing it with a bunch of different people, getting as many perspectives and kind of shaping all of that into my journey so far. Well, I, I mean, I have to say that I, I find your story kind of remarkable and full of courage genuinely. And what I find really compelling is that you're helping other people already find a path this way. And also what I hope that we can work on together collectively and bringing you into this podcast is to make it so that it isn't remarkable Right. I mean, in, in fact, what you're doing should be more normal. Yeah. And, and that some of the quote normal paths are unhealthy for people and that maybe we can do more and broaden perspective a little bit more. So what you're doing, I think, is really, really cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be a part of this. I didn't even realize until you guys came to me about how much I totally agree with it and that it is something that I think even more people should be able to realize there's more out there and so many different paths that you can take with business that can intersect any other passion that you have, which is so amazing and definitely not talked about enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us. Um, I'm really excited to kind of put it out there in the world and have other people listen and see how it resonates with our audience that's still in college and doing exactly what you're doing. Um, so I hope that they're very inspired by your story. And I know I am at the end of each episode. I like to ask our guests if there's kind of any social media or websites or work that you want to share where people can kind of find you if they're interested in connecting. Um, yeah. On LinkedIn, I guess with <laughs> is probably the best out source of my professional <laughs> 
person awesome. at the moment. <laughs> well, with that, we will wrap up this episode. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. If you have any thoughts or feedback, go over to our Instagram at paths to the number two purpose pod, or you can send us an email at paths to purpose pod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye.